That is legit the sound my dog makes when she wants me to pay attention to her when I'm not looking at her. <laughs> that and like a croaking sound like she's a frog or dying. Mm. It's very similar to that, actually. It's kind of what my little wiener dog does when she wants Travis to play with her. It's kind of like my little wiener when <laughs> yeah. Travis wants to play with her. <laughs> is that what you dog? just said? No, you forgot the wiener dog. She said dog in there. But You're thanks, just Martha. fixated on Travis's wiener. <laughs> I am not! <laughs> Oh, how embarrassing. <laughs> You're the one that said it. <laughs> no, it just sounded funny when you said it. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is we've been fixated on dogs for the last, how many days now? Uh, just since Thursday. So it feels like three weeks already. Well, I'm 26 no, you- years old, so 26 times... How many weeks? <laughs> 52. <laughs> That's how many days I we've been fixated. Bonnie, you sent dogs. me a picture of your... When she was still your potential dog before Thursday. So it's been at least a week. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So let me explain. I adopted a boxer rescue this week from the Red Dirt Boxer Rescue. And her name is Echo. And she's a petite white boxer. She's adorable. She's she so is pretty. Adorable. And she's um completely deaf. So uh, you can't call her. You have to wave your arms around like a madman. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is such an adjustment for me, you guys. I'm having a very hard time. I like it when dogs mind. <laughs> okay. And, and, and starting right away to teach them how to do things, you know, it's the way I'm used to doing things. She can't hear you. Right. So I'm trying to teach her bathroom in sign language and she's just not getting it. So, Poor baby. I, I mean, she has been, no, she's a dog. She has no frame of reference for any of this. I Googled some stuff and they actually have like suggestions for sign language for dogs mm-hmm. yep, that you can teach one. them. Yeah. So he- yeah. here's the thing, you know, she's trying to teach the dog sign language. I was at her house all- almost all day today. So she's trying to teach the dog sign language. <laughs> when I don't really know it myself. So it's so she's making up all these, you know, ha- ha- well, the bathroom one I Googled. I Googled and that's an actual but sign. Like, How are she going to know if it's the right <laughs> sign for bathroom? <laughs> You could make up anything and she would have no idea anyway. Because well, yeah, also, she's a dog. Yeah. Well, it's dogs don't know what bathroom means either, but that's you got to relate it to like do the sign every time you take them to the bathroom. So, and that's how so they here's the thing. Out. Maybe if she dropped her pants and squatted. <laughs> yes, yeah, she should show the dog outside where the dog is supposed to pee. I'm yeah. sure that'll go over very well, Martha. I was going to say, I she think just there's, moved into this apartment. I think there's something <laughs> in the rules and the bylines about. I don't think there's anything about nudity in our contract with our apartment complex, but I also think it's implied (laughs) that you shouldn't be nude outside. Maybe so long as I pick up my own poop. (laughs) I still have a bag in my in my in my pants pocket, so we're good. You suggested it, Martha. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to, you know, think of ways to help out here, you know, to help her. And and we're in the car on the way here. And we're talking about sign language. And Bonnie <laughs> says, maybe eventually she'll learn to sign back. <laughs> How is she going to sign back? Listen. This is not Scooby-Doo over here. I'm very tired. She has not let me sleep very much in the last two days. <laughs> because she um she can't hear if I'm in the other room. So if she's in her crate at night and she can't see me, she's like, she gets anxiety. And she whines and barks. Of course, uh-huh. she can't hear her own self whine and bark. I'm sure she can feel the vibrations of her own self whining and yeah. barking. So, But if she sees me, then uh-huh. she's okay. But she's been waking up like every hour. Oh. And I had I've been having to sleep on the couch. And that first night, it was rough. I think I only slept for two hours. Because if she doesn't put her in the crate, then she'll poop everywhere in the house because she's just a puppy. She's only a year old. She's a year and a half old. Well, a year and a few months. Yeah. Five months. But it's a challenge. Yeah. So it's it's an adjustment, but I already love her. So it's totally worth it. But all the way here, Vonnie's like, I wonder what she's doing right now. I need a camera. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Can you Skype a dog? (laughs) I wonder if she can FaceTime. Maybe I should get a monitor. (laughs) This is what happens when an empty nester gets a dog. (laughs) But 
she's just so precious. Yeah, because can you I not don't want to know her? what my dog is doing during the day. <laughs> she's doing set. The secret life of dogs is a movie for a reason. Annabelle's people. probably doing some shit I don't want her to be doing, <laughs> and she's doing it because I'm not there. Well, it's probably sleeping directly on my pillow where my head goes well, because she loves to sleep there, and I won't let her if I'm in the house. I'm kind of thinking. I was thinking as we were driving. Well, maybe if you got one of those speakers you could tell her to get off or don't you poop on the floor right there and then i'm like she can't she's hear deaf. she can't hear yeah, and so martha, then go ahead martha said something about leaving the tv on for her and i'm like it's not gonna do any good she can't see it she can't hear it well i'm she's, trying to her, think of something with her light. crate is behind the my chair so and then i'm like okay remember that uh, close encounters of the third kind movie with the lights <laughs> maybe that's how you could teach her Teacher with flashing lights. Yeah, like but, two flashes is go, like that's bathroom. Five flashes is no. I Twelve flashes is God damn it. Don't pee on the fucking floor anymore. <laughs> well, that's what the clicker does. If she can feel the vibrations from the clicker, you do like one click for yes. And then like, fuck, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lady that we got that her foster mom that we got her from um, has a deaf dog. And she actually does use a flashlight. Oh, really? To like mm-hmm. to get her like to come in from the yard because you can't call them because right. they can't come. So, but they can see they'll pay attention to the light. So I might because like if I take her to my mom's house or whatever, which she's going to finish fencing in her yard before I let this happen, I'm going to try the light thing and see if she does that. If she'll do that. <laughs> but but on another note, so Thursday, go to pick up my or to meet. And potentially pick up. I knew my she was going to pick her up. I knew it. And yeah, I I was decided by then. So I was like, we're going to go get the crate before we go out there, right? Yeah. Well, we did that. But Martha, of course, first thing she notices is the bookshelf, <laughs> and ended up giving the lady even gave her our card. <laughs> I can't help it. I see books, and I need to proselytize. And sat and talked to her for probably fifteen minutes. So remind me why you take Martha places, Bonnie. <laughs> Because she drives. <laughs> she does have a bigger car than you. Yeah, I was yes. going to say the crate wouldn't fit in her car as well as it would mine. So she just had to put up with my insensitivity. She's trying to be all emotional and shit, you know, g- meeting her dog. And I'm like, so what kind of books do you like to read? <laughs> like, um, can we finish talking about the dog first? <laughs> That'll teach you to take me along. But the lady was really nice, though. Was, and she, she had like four other rescues or... Like that she fostered, plus her own dog, who's also deaf, and a white boxer. Freaking huge Cool looking dog. dog. Oh huge. my God. And He's like three, three times larger than her. So if you want to see a picture of Echo, the white deaf boxer, um, the we, sweet girl. We have a picture of her cuddling with Martha, Nicole. Yeah, on Facebook, which I'm very offended that I was tagged in it, especially when the headline was, look, Martha really does love dogs. Because look, I get it. Martha does like fucking dogs. But sometimes what comes out of her mouth does not correspond to this fact. Absolutely right. It does. It does. This dog thinks that I shit rainbows she loves me she does love her speaking of shitting rainbows oh my god (laughs) shitting rainbows i was complaining that my nose hair trimmer does not work anymore i really don't need to worry about it after today because that dog's farts burnt all the hair out the inside of my nose (laughs) here's the thing martha doesn't like smells and she's got a really sensitive nose i thought that they were the worst dog farts i'd ever smelled (laughs) so they were really bad (laughs) which dog her dog. Oh, dog. Oh. As Maybe we, we need to switch that like, dog's diet. One, <laughs> one fart every five to ten minutes. Like just, so just there. like not one bad fart, but like constant bad fart. Continually bad <laughs> farting. I felt bad for Martha because she came over to my house when we bought all that equipment for uh, our podcast deal, right? And one, I have a cat, so I'm always paranoid my house is going to like smell like a cat. And two, my dogs have the worst breath ever. So Martha gets there and of course my dogs like immediately are like, hey, love me, play with me. I'm going to lick you to death. But you can smell their breath from like 10 miles away. They have (laughs) other rooms. (laughs) They have like, they they ingested zombie breath. And it's because (laughs) one's 16 years old and the other one's like 13 years old. So they're just old dogs and I've taken them to like the doggy dentist and they've done dental work they still have horrible breath 
But now it's like now Martha needs to come back over because I found this bottle of stuff at PetSmart <laughs> and you put it in their water and their breath still stinks like if you're up close. But it's not like like before I would be taking a bath and my dog would walk in and I'd be like, holy balls. It's almost like a cartoon cloud of stench. <laughs> like that Surrounding little kid on Peanuts head. with the dirt cloud. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly what it is with Nicole's dogs. You can just see the stench And I don't cloud. understand. It's, so it's not as bad now. But I, don't, I also don't get why. I, I guess they're just old dogs with stinky <laughs> breath. <laughs> but Martha, the, which was the worst smell? Her dog's farts or her dog's bad breath? They're probably, I don't know. Ooh, that's <laughs> a hard one. At least you could walk away from Nicole's dogs. <laughs> That's true. That makes me feel a little Because I don't think that you could have the gone farts. anywhere in that apartment no, and not smelled those farts. God, that was just brutally awful. I kept having to breathe the armpit of my freaking jacket. <laughs> She's been very stressed lately, so it gives her tummy issues. Mm-hmm. She's on tummy medicine. Um, I think I might just stay uh, at a distance for a few days until the food thing gets worked out. You know, my dog does not fart. So you could come I can to come my to house. house. Right. We could meet at my house instead. And Vonnie could, can almost see her dog. If you leave your porch open, you'll be able to see your dog from my porch. <laughs> uh, if you leave your sliding no. glass door open. I had a hard I enough could. time getting her out of the house today. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I can't. They were like, let's go to the bookstore. And I'm like, what? This is the first time Bonnie hasn't been excited to go to the bookstore in like mm. since I've met her. And I'm like, well, how long is that going to take? When's the absolute last <laughs> second that we can leave the apartment and have time? All right. I kind of want to try calling Kayla. Martha's over there making obscene phone calls. My stomach really hurts. Still? Mm-hmm. Oh, the tea Hello? didn't help. Hello. Hello. Hi, Kayla. Hey. What up, Kayla? Hey, what's up? Can you hey, y'all. can you hear can you hear all of us? I can. Wait, can I tell Kayla one more thing? Yeah, you could tell her. Hey, what? just so you know, I'm almost done with the Quintolin sisters. Do you like it? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> all right, we have a really cool announcement to make, and I wanted you to be on the phone for it. This particular new segment that we're going to do involves the phone, and it involves long distance. Mm. So. We are very pleased to announce that Three Book Girls is putting on a world virtual tour. <gasps> and we are going to talk to book girls all around the nation and around the world to be on our show. That's so exciting. I know. Isn't it cool? <laughs> it is cool. So all of those people who are from other like states and countries that want to be guests now, they can submit an application and see if they can be a guest. Because we want to know what you're reading. Yes. We don't want to talk so much to famous people. Well, as I mean, we... that, that would be okay, too, well, so long yeah. as they talk about what they're reading. Yeah, but we want to talk to book girls, ordinary book girls everywhere. What do you think, Kayla? Do you think it's a good idea? It's a wonderful idea. I thought so, too. Plus, this helps us, you know, talking to you on the phone is helpful because you're all the way in Latin. We don't have to drag your butt over here just to do an experiment, right? (laughs) I don't mind. They're like, Kayla, go in the other room so you can call us. (laughs) (laughs) Drive up here from Lawton just to call us on the phone. Where, Where did we just drag you out of? I just got my hair done. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Put it on Instagram so we can see your new hair. I am. Okay, sweetheart, we're going to let you go now that you've uh, helped us out with our little vir- virtual book girl announcement. Okay. Yes, and anyone who wants to submit an application, um, you can go to our website and on the um, the menu, we have a link that'll take you straight to the announcement Um the requirements and a link for the audio application, correct? Yes. It is an audio application. The reason for that should be obvious. Because we want to hear your voice. We want to make sure that we're able to communicate with you. Obviously, if you don't speak the language, it might be kind of hard. Right. Yeah, we just want to hear what your voice sounds like. Mm -hmm. We want to hear your enthusiasm for books. And make sure you guys have the correct equipment. Yeah. Right. Which doesn't have to be fancy, but we need to be able to hear you loud and clear. That's exactly right. 
So we look forward to hearing your voices, book girls. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, Kayla, you can go back to what you're doing now, sweet girl. Bye. All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye. 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 So, any other things we want to say about the recording? Go to our website, and there's a link to the audio application, and just a couple of requirements that we have for everybody, because we want you know it to be to fit in with our podcast and be about books, obviously. And um, we look forward to hearing from everybody. We do have a, a couple of caveats. No selling. We're not interested in buying any Southern Living products. <laughs> <laughs> or Girl Scout cookies. We don't need any Avon. That's not true. We're interested in buying Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. That's the um, only thing we're interested in buying. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. That means just send somebody, everybody send Alyssa the links for the, for the online Girl Scout. To be clear, I can't eat them, but I am interested in having them. <laughs> she wants to sniff the box. I just want to look at it's them. It's very erotic. Um, Also, you need to have a good sense of humor. That would be obvious, I would think. Right. If you haven't listened to our podcast on a regular basis, it's probably a good idea that you bone up a little bit before you get on there. Because if you're conservative, you probably will not want to be on the podcast. That's right. Also, if you don't like swearing. Because we're sweary, obviously. A little bit. A little bit sweary. (laughs) We want all those wild and crazy book girls who don't mind being a little silly. Okay, maybe a lot silly, but must love books. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And dogs. Cripes. We're back. To dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Shall we, shall we transition into books yes, now? Yes, books. Okay. okay. Bonnie, what did you read this week? Well, I read a book that was an actual regular book, not an audio book. And it was sent to us by a publisher. And it's called I Am a Stranger Here Myself by Deborah Wartney. Okay, the person who sent it to... Us was you of NM Press. Johanna Ramos Boyer is the name of the person that I've been emailing back and forth with. What this is, it's kind of like a memoir, and it's about a lady who lives in Oregon but grew up in Idaho, and she goes back for a funeral. And the timeline of this is a little bit strange because it goes, it's almost like told in memories. From her point of view. Okay. One of her relatives, I want to say it's like her grandma, is not a very nice person, but she loves books. And... Like me. Exactly. (laughs) And she, the main character in this, is also a book lover. So that's a way that they kind of connected. And one of the stories that she learns from this relative is one about Narcissa Whitman. And she was married to a gentleman named Marcus, and they were missionaries that went on the Oregon Trail. They were actually the one of the main people who established the Oregon Trail, which everybody played that in school, right? They still play that in school, don't they? Do they? Oregon Trail? Oregon Trail? No. Oregon no. Trail? No. And besides, um, there were no computers in my school because I'm too old. I played it in I played kindergarten. It. <laughs> yeah, I... Once again, too old. Now that you, there's an app you can download, but it's not as good as the original game. Oh, no, okay. there's just a certain perfection about the original uh, yeah. game. Well, <laughs> Google it. Okay, Google to it. be fair, I played it after I was out of school. I just know that they play it in school. But anyways, I actually didn't realize that Oregon Trail, I knew that there was like a trail that they went that to the West, Oregon Trail, but I didn't know that the game was based on the actual Oregon Trail. But anyways, this um, Narcissa uh, Whitman and Marcus Whitman went to convert the Native Americans. And um, Narcissa wasn't a great person. She was very, I don't know, like con- very conservative and stern and set in her ways. And she didn't really get along with the Native Americans very much. It jumps around from her actual life the main characters, to the story of Narcissa Whitman. And everything is told not in order, which was a little bit strange. But it is an interesting story because I like history and that's part of the history of the West. I'm I'm not a huge West person, what, like into Westerns or anything, but I still did find it interesting um, what happened to this family because for one thing, they're completely isolated. They It takes... Months and months, like I think it was like half a year or so to get a letter from any of your family. That's a long time. Right. And of course, you know, 
the Oregon Trail was not an easy travel for anybody. Lots of people died on their way to the Oregon Trail. So the Narcissa Whitman story that she tells while she's telling her own story is extremely interesting to me. Cool. Because I actually don't know very much about, you know, when we went to the West. I mean... If you grew up Mormon, you'd know all about this Yeah, the fact that they were (laughs) missionaries and, you know, were taking land away from the natives is not the greatest thing. And the main character story, I don't know, it would fit in, I think, with a lot of people because, like, her family's from Idaho, so they're very outdoorsy. They do the rapids on the raft and all of this stuff, and really, she'd just rather be inside reading books. But she still does all that stuff because she's trying to fit in, but she never quite fits in with her family, if that makes sense. Okay, the reason why I'm not telling very much about the book is because the book starts with the ending. So I can't really say how the book starts out because then you know exactly what's going to happen throughout the book because the beginning that's what that's one of the reasons why I said Yeah, that's really tough. That the um the timeline of this book is really strange. Because the Narcissa Whitman, it tells what happened to that those missionaries. It tells their what happened to them at the beginning of the book, hmm. and then it like goes backwards in time to tell you different things. But then they throw in some middle parts in other places. I mean, it's not confusing. You know what's going on. Like I've read books that it does that, and I'm completely confused through the whole book. And this one is not written like that. I. I didn't know what was going on all the time. Well, that's good. Now, the, here's the question. Did you like it? It was interesting, and I did like it to an extent, but because I'm not really into Westerns, I probably would only give it a four. I think your sister would like it. Oh, that's the one that you're talking yes. about my sister so should read. I'm going to give this to you to okay. give to I'll your sister, because yeah, your sister loves those kind of stories. Yes, she does. And I think that she would really love this book, and I think that anyone who loves stories about the West... Right. Or grew up in the West or is interested in pioneer days and that kind of thing. Right. They would love this book. Cool. And um, just so that everybody knows that this was a pre-release. So the book is actually not available until March 15th. All right. So if you are into Westerns or pioneer stories um, or if you live in the West and would like to read a little bit of history about your area... I would say pick it up because it's... Or if you're interested in in the American West. Right. A lot of people who live in other countries are very fascinated by the American West. By the West. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it was very well written and it was not hard to understand, even though the timeline was a little off of what I usually read. I was not lost in this book at all. And that was called I Am a Stranger Here Myself by Deborah Gortney. Let me guess. Yeah. What? Alyssa. Yeah. A romance? No. <gasps> what? Yes! I mean, there was a romance in it. But you picked something. To, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Is it good? Did you get the coffee or the chai? Coffee. Can't you tell? <laughs> what? what a- <laughs> I had an afternoon She is coffee, awake people. now. She was tired when we were in the car, and she I'm is awake now. now. Yes. <laughs> I should have gotten, like, an extra shot. In my, I should have gotten a boiler maker in mine because... Ooh, can you put shots of caffeine in a very, very hibiscus refresher? It like, wouldn't taste you, very good. No, probably not. <laughs> they have clear caffeine water. They, Why yeah, can't they, they have, do that? They have caffeine they can put in that doesn't have taste. Not like espresso. I would be into that. I mean, you could get... <laughs> You Actually, I just espresso. want to mainline that <laughs> right through my veins. Right. Could you just print me a tap? Yeah, hey, just dude, tap can my you arm. me up with some caffeine? I hate needles and they scare me, but that would probably be okay. <laughs> uh, so. so this week I read The Witch of Willow Hall by Hester Fox. And it is set in the 1820s in the area around Boston. Massachusetts. So the story starts out and our main character, Lydia, she and her family, which includes her, her parents, her older sister and her younger sister, they've left Boston to go to this town called New Oldbury because of some very bad scandal involving her older sister. And it takes a bit 
to learn what that is. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But so they've moved because the scandal was so bad that it was destroying the whole family. And so her dad is in manufacturing. And so he's bought a a mill in this town. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the Industrial Revolution in America, but I think mills were a big part of that. And so he's making... Buying this mill, he's going to be able to make a lot of money. And so they get to this house, and it's called Willow Hall. And it's kind of set back away from the town because um, it is a bigger house. It's a mansion because um, they do have quite a bit of money. But their first night in there, they get this really eerie feel. Um, so this book is a gothic novel, which I love. I love gothic. And so it's mm. got... The second you get there, there's just this very, she sets up really well this, just a veil of creepiness over this whole house, (laughs) which is interesting because this house is brand new. So this is a, this is a new construction house. Built on an an ancient Indian graveyard? No. (laughs) No story. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So um, the first night, all of the doors slam shut at once and they don't really know why. That's weird. Yeah, so it starts out kind of creepy, and um, you start getting introduced to other characters. So Lydia, our main character, um, you learn that because of her sister's scandal, um, her fiancé broke off their engagement, and you get to learn a little bit about him. He sucks. Um, (laughs) So we also meet another character, uh, John Barrett, and he is their father's business partner. Um, but he's really young for a business partner. And so the story kind of plods along a little bit and you get introduced to everyone and they start building up the atmosphere of this house. Um, Lydia is not sure if she's seen a ghost outside cause she see this, she sees this woman pacing back and forth in the garden and she's wearing this white outfit, but she's far enough away that it could be a real person. Right. Or it could be a ghost. So you, you're not 100% sure if what's going on is in their heads or if it's really ghost stuff. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. So a couple of weird things are happening in this house. And as it goes on, things start to get really tense uh, between Lydia and her older sister because, as it turns out, part of Catherine's scandal is that she's pregnant. Uh. And she's very much not married, which is a yeah. state you absolutely were not supposed to be in at that time. <laughs> and then, so I'm going to tell the scandal because you learn it 30% in and it doesn't have any bearing on the plot. So the reason that the scandal is so bad, because by this time, I mean, getting pregnant out of wedlock was still pretty much the worst thing they thought a woman could do. So the main part of the scandal is that the person who got her pregnant was their older brother. (gasps) That is a part I did not like. Incest really freaks me out. And it was not a fun surprise. Mm. Yes. And so um, Catherine talks about this relationship, about how she is in love (gasps) with their older brother. Oh, yeah. I got the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. Yeah, that's pretty much a universal. That's pretty much a universal taboo Uh, right there. Yeah. um, Luckily, we don't have to meet him because at this time he is in England. So he's not here. We don't have to deal with him. Thank God. I was just going to ask. He doesn't still live with them, does he? No. Oh, He's that not on the same creepy. continent as them anymore. Awesome. So as the so you learn about that and you realize how bad the scandal was. Um, and so after you learn about that, there's another incident. At this house, so they have this big ball um, to kind of it's kind of half town meeting, half ball because his her dad has to kind of get the town's backing behind for him for the venture. for the new business venture. Um, and so they've kind of tacked dancing and dinner onto the end of it. And so during it, her youngest sister, Emmeline, she is not allowed to go because um, she's like, you get the feeling she's like eight or nine years old. So she's a little kid. 
told her, you can't go. The dancing and all of that's not going to start until after you're supposed to be asleep. And so she's really upset and she goes to sleep uh, in her room. Well, by the time the party is over, they go up and she's not there. And so um, they frantically look for her and eventually they find out that she has died. She drowned in a pond. But so the interesting thing, this is where the spookiness really ramps up, is so her ghost comes back and only Lydia can see her and tells her that a little boy told her to come play in the pond with him. But only she could see but only she could see the little boy. Who Lydia or the little girl? The little girl. She was the only one who could see the little boy and he wanted her to come play. And so Mm. she drowned. The story was really good. It was very creepy. If you're, it, it wasn't outright horror. It was very much a classic gothic novel. Right. So it's just very creepy. There were some ghosts. There was some haunting. I'm not going to spoil the part about the witch bit. Um, it was really, really good. There is a romance in it. Um, not between her and the brother. N- no. <laughs> My God, no. Just checking. Um, Lydia, our main character, who did not commit incest with her brother um she and her father's business partner partner john barrett they fall in love and it was pretty cute but that's not the whole story okay it was it was such a good i loved it so much that today when we went to the bookstore i went in with the intent of buying a physical copy of this book so that i could have it Wow. And keep it, which is a really big compliment for me because usually I'm content with having something in one place or the other. Mm-hmm. I very rarely feel compelled to say, I want to have that also in my house. So that was The Witch of Willow Hall by Hester Fox. That sounds really good. It mm-hmm. was. I read it in a day and a half. That sounds. I, I always have a fondness for Gothic because I think mm-hmm. some of the ones that I read when I was young. That whole creepiness, especially if it's a good writer doing it. It's just sometimes if you can't see something, it's more frightening. Mm-hmm. And some of them, yeah. the old ones are batshit insane. It okay. sounds Gothics, like it would be Gothic hard. novels are so great, though. And mm-hmm. I want to read more of them now. I read a bunch of them for a while and then I stopped. And now, so now I it's want a new obsession. More of them. So book girls unite. Tell Alyssa what your favorite Gothic novel yeah, recommend is. your favorite Gothic novel. Modern or old. I'll read any of them. And you can talk to her on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, so Martha may be very proud of you for not reading a, rom- a romance, but she's going to roll her eyes at me the entire review of this <gasps> book. Did you, did you read a romance? <laughs> I thought I was going to get off scot-free this week. No. Nope. Mine is not a romance, technically. Oh. But is it in there? I mean, it's going to make it like you a lo- cry. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is one, well, one, I've heard a million things about the author, and his name's Frederick Backman, because he wrote Beartown, and he's very popular uh, over the past few years. I know what you're going to review. And so when we went to the Friends of the Library sale, I happened to find this one and was like, fuck yeah. And it's been out for a while. Yeah, it's been out 2012, actually. I thought it was earlier than that. But anyways, so I... This is the first book that I purchased at the library sale that I've actually read. And it is also going to go into my, like, top books I've read this year. I'm just letting you know that now. Oh, that good. But it's called A Man Called Oove. And that is how you pronounce it. I looked it up. But it's called A Man Called Oove. And it's by Frederick Backman. And he is uh, from Sweden. How do you spell Oove? O-V-E. O-V-E. Okay. So I've been pronouncing it Ove, which I actually like better and I wish I had the book. I let Heather borrow the book. You're going to tell Heather's the, gonna love the that. people of Sweden that you like <laughs> no, your I pronunciation like, so better. The reason I like Ove is because in the front of the, like in the book where it has the description, mm-hmm. when you open it, and, yeah. uh, at the, the very last line is, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it said, like, love doesn't exist without of Ove. Because <gasps> oh. they're playing off of his name. Okay. Or something like that. Anyways. So this follows the story. I'm going to describe this character for you. He's old, and, but he's really not that old. He's probably like in his 50s or 60s. Well, like, <laughs> okay, 
No. <laughs> Martha, I don't think you're old. I'm 54, Nicole. That's not old. I don't 54. think my parents are old. But this dude is like, not, probably not taken care of. Anyways, the way he's described, he, anyways, I don't think you're old, Martha. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. I just love watching you flounder, Nicole. It was great. Okay. Anyways, so he's a grumpy old man. Just picture that. You like, kids get off of my lawn. Exactly. Get off of my lawn. He's Quit not pleasant. So fast. He's not pleasant at all um, to his neighbors. He's actually kind of like the guy that walks around the neighborhood and gets pissed off because the dog is peeing on the corner of his house and uh, he makes sure everything's locked. Oh my locked. God, this is about my neighbor Kevin. <laughs> but he makes sure, makes sure everything in the neighborhood is locked so that... Uh, the non-existent hoodlums come in like they can't come and break into anything and he is just kind of like this menace to the neighborhood and the story opens up with him and he wants to drill a hole in his ceiling so that he can hang a noose and hang himself that is how the story opens interesting and you find like you're like okay what the fuck so he's like as he's trying to drill this hole, some neighbor comes and knocks on his door, and it's a new neighbor he's never met, and she ends up, like, distracting him so much that he's like, fuck, now I can't... I can't kill myself now. I can't kill now. myself now. I'm going to have to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is awful, Nicole. I know. Okay, so then, like, anyways, so... As you're reading about him, he he tries to kill himself several ways. Uh, like the very first one is he does try to hang himself. Well, he the rope breaks, and then he's pissed off at the rope, and he's like, "This goddamn country can't even make a good thing a rope anymore. Like, <laughs> can't even fucking hang yourself." So, the, this is it was so probably he, made in China. Damn it! It's taking the serious subject of somebody literally trying to murder themselves and combining it with this humor. Of this grumpy old man who thinks everybody's trying to rip him off and all of this. But then, so you're hearing the story of, like, him going through his life currently. And he's meeting these new neighbors that he absolutely hates. and But at the same time, they keep distracting him from his ultimate goal. And then in, in, in between reading that story, you get to find out about his original life. And kind of what made him the way he is. And so you find out that he had a horrible childhood, like his father and mother both died um, his fa- before he was 16. So by the time he was 16, he was completely on his own. And his father was a very responsible man and he, like very, I, I don't know a good word to put it, but so Uv had always wanted to be like him um, and he is. And then one day he falls in love with this woman and he marries her and they live so happily. Well, and then they go to Paris for a vacation one day and something happens, which I don't, I'm not going to give you the exact details so you can read about it, but, um, his wife is in an accident and you kind of get that early on, but you don't know why she was in an accident. So you kind of end up finding out that he's taken care of her. But at the point that the book starts, she is, had been dead for six months. Mm. And so it's been very difficult for him. And he talks about how he hasn't been able to like live since she died because like she was his life um and so it's very romantic almost and how much he loved her but it's also humorous and like the way his interactions with the neighbors um one of them is pregnant and she's from the middle east so he (laughs) is really rude to her is he a bigot too no not 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 really oh at least not openly in the in the book okay but just checking. um she kind of just like inserts herself into this guy's life and he's kind of just an asshole and he's like you guys you kids don't know anything about the world today like you can't even drive a damn stick shift like you don't know how to park a trailer <laughs> it's like it so sounds you- just like kevin I <laughs> why would i drive a stick shift when they have automatics well he th- <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it, but I know there's a lot of people that's who like standards. That's a whole, whole other podcast subject there, girls. <laughs> You're starting to get on my toes over there. <laughs> but 
But anyways, so it, it is really like it is kind of depressing a little bit the first time you're like, well, why is this dude trying to kill himself? And then you kind of uh, nothing's too graphic or anything like, yeah, they say he drills like a hole so he can put a hook and hang a noose. But at the en- the entire time, they're like, man, these youngins don't know even know how to pick a- the correct drill bit. And like uh, he's so there's <laughs> all this humor going on during a very serious situation. And then every single time it happened, like he's either about to kill himself or he's trying to or something, something happens where he can't. And then finally, like, well, I'm not going to, I can't do that. Yeah. But, yeah. But it is the sweetest book. It like, I was addi- addicted to it and I've been, kind of been on a reading slump. I think I read like four books in February, which isn't horrible, but at the same time I can do better than that. It was a short <laughs> month though, to be fair. Yeah. But I picked this one up on a, like I started it on a Friday and I was too tired Sunday night to read it. So I woke up Monday morning and I was like, I'm going to take a bath and finish the last 30 pages of this book. And I proceeded to turn into a blubbering walrus in the bathtub while I was trying to finish reading the story because it started bawling my eyes out. And I was so glad Travis woke up late because he would have had to witness that. Big Kevin, why are you crying? Have we been robbed? Was there an intruder? I'm just glad my makeup wasn't on yet, but <laughs> but it is adorable and hilarious and and you're so sweet. I'm going to shock you right now. It actually sounds like something I might like to read. There's a lot of mushy in it, though. Like, Ew. but not like no, but like not unrealistic I like the humor, mushy. Though. The whole the idea humor. of the humor. You know, I'm trying to hang himself, and and. He can't get it done. I mean, that sounds like a book I might be interested in yeah. reading. And there's a cut, like, at some point he tries to, like, he goes in his garage and turns it, turn, shuts the door and turns his car on and puts, like, a, a pipe in his car. And he's trying to do that until the neighbor lady starts banging on his door, like, hey, I need a ride somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, great, I can't God, even kill myself it. without the neighbors bothering me. <laughs> I'm trying to kill myself in peace over here. <laughs> but he's so responsible and oh oh by the way at the exact so if it's mushy though I'll hate it I don't want it mushy be rolling my eyes the whole time you might cry at the end but it's not too mushy it's just mushy because you're like oh this dude loved his wife so much I don't think it would be any, any more mushy than um and uh, what is it AJ Hickory AJ Fickery Fickery AJ Fickery mm. it, I didn't cry at that one but the, it was good, though. The other best part about this book is the dude hates animals, but at some point this cat starts following him around. Oh, I love it. And then he... It like, sounds like Ron now. He ends up <laughs> taking this cat everywhere with him, and then people are like, whose cat is that, and why is it in the hospital? Hospital? And he's like, it's not my cat. <laughs> he's his own cat. He's just with me. He's his own person. It's kind of hilarious. He's his own cat. <laughs> but anyways, I have to go read all of his books now. And he's written a bunch. Um, he wrote Bear Town, and then that has a sequel. And then he wrote Brit Marie Was Here. And My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry. And The Deal of a Lifetime. And I think he has another one that's in the next couple of weeks, but I don't remember what it's called. Just read it. It is a good life story. It is a beautiful piece of literature. Stop it. You're making me not want to read it now. It's called The Man (laughs) Called Oof, and it's by Frederick Backman. I really hope Martha reads it, just so I can find out how much she love slash hates it. And I'll be going, Nicole, you bitch. (laughs) <laughs> Why did you tell me to read this fucking book? Heather, Heather was, is reading it right now. I okay. gave her my copy. Any last words before I delve? Just somebody read it. Oh, so I, well, I posted a picture on Insta and somebody was like, are you going to read this or are you going to review this on the podcast this week? I loved this. And I said, yes. Awesome. So we have listeners who have read it, Martha, and love it. Okay, then. So that's what? a good sign. <laughs> I, put I don't it think on, that helps convince her at all. Dude, I put it on hold, okay? I just did. I, I really do hope you like it, though. Like, <laughs> Occasionally, I do veer into that territory. But I am warning you, you might cry at the end. Even even if you like all the humor, like, there's a, the end. Yeah, we'll see. What'd you read this week, Martha? Well, I read so many things this week. Show off. Just kidding, right? <laughs> That's like, no, it's just really hard for me to pick because I did have a bit of a slump where I read a bunch of books that were eh. 
But I read two really good ones this week, so it's really hard for me to choose which one. But I think I'm going to choose the one that was recommended to me by a book girl. Her name is Luciana Rodriguez Rosa, and she is Brazilian, but she lives in Belgium. Mm. We had an excellent conversation over Facebook last week, and Vani was trying to read our conversation while we were still having it. Yeah, and it kept like, have you ever tried to read a conversation on Facebook and every every time somebody like comments comments on it, it takes you all the way to the bottom. Yes, it's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> but she was like, trying to read our conversation while we were still having it. So we're back and forth, back and forth. And Bonnie's like, <laughs> I actually I actually text Martha. Damn it. I'm Stop trying to read talking. your conversation and it keeps taking me to the bottom. <laughs> how can I spy on you if I how can I stalk you if I can't read the conversation? <laughs> we all read each other's messages. <laughs> it's kind of creepy, actually. Well, I mean, it's no, about a book. And- yeah. I have to be honest right now saying that if somebody had not recommended this book to me and explained some things to me first, I would have put it down almost immediately because I am not religious and I do not like religious books. And the main character of, first of all, the book is called The Book of Strange New Things by Michael Faber. The main character of this book is a preacher. His name is Peter and At the beginning of this book, he's talking about going on this mission. Well, he has a wife and his wife is very religious as well. And you kind of get the idea pretty much right away that he is going to another planet Mm -hmm. to preach the gospel. What? Yeah. (laughs) Well, we have already left turned into sci-fi land. (laughs) Well, this is why this is why she knew that this was up my street because it's weird, right? Weird and sci-fi, which pretty much defines me. But having said that, um, I just lose patience with a lot of religious talk. And this guy is super, super, super pious, super hyper-focused on his religion and his gospel and his faith. And he goes on this journey. And when he gets there to this planet, first of all, his journey's been paid for by this company. Um, And the company, everybody else that's on this planet are all like engineers and um, scientists, and they're all single, all of them. And they're not particularly touchy-feely people. And this guy's like the polar opposite of everyone there. So you get this feeling right away that something is just not right. The fact that he's got a wife and everything, because you don't know how long he's going to be there for. There's a lot of incongruity in the way this thing all goes down, because I've read a lot of science fiction novels over the years. But I think really the main feel of this novel isn't really about the sci-fi. It's about the story of this man and his obsession and the obsession of religious people, not obsession, the, the focus that they have on spreading the gospel. So he, he's very excited to meet the aliens when he gets there, because yes, there are aliens. And he's very hyper-focused to the point of, he doesn't even want to look around the, the compound or anything. He just wants to go meet them right away, go start spreading the gospel right away. So he, he talks this girl into going over to the place. I can't remember what they call it. The name of the compound that that everybody lives in is called Usyk. And then they go out to where all the aliens live. And when when he gets out there, the first thing he realizes is everybody's dressed like a monk. They look like they're dressed in monk clothes. And that's really weird, obviously. But after he starts to realize it's the climate is the reason why, because it's so humid there that he can barely stand how wet his clothes are. Did he just fly to Florida? Right. (laughs) Was it another planet or just Florida? (laughs) No, I think Florida is another planet. Yeah, it is sort of, but it's it's even way worse than that. (laughs) It's just extremely uncomfortably wet there. And and there's a little bit of moist. Moist. (laughs) There's a little bit of (laughs) there's a little very hydrated. There's a little bit of 
<laughs> there, <laughs> there is a little bit of description about the way it rains there, which I thought was really interesting. There, but there's not nearly enough of that for a true sci-fi lover. The mm-hmm. description of the planet and the place itself is sort of takes a back seat. You do get a little bit of it. But his description of the aliens is just hilariously awfully bad. <laughs> and after having read it and going back and describing it, now I kind of understand. Luciana was talking about how funny this book is. Well, it is funny, but it's funny in an ironic kind of strange kind of way. It's very dark humor. The author describes the aliens' faces as two fetuses because he's trying to describe this alien face and it's like indescribable. Mm-hmm. So the character sees the face of this alien as like a jumble of mass of flesh that looks sort of like two two fetuses on his head. And That's they weird. talk kind of like this. Ah. Yeah, I know. It's really awful. It really is. Ah. It's really awful. And he, of course, the priest is so hyper-focused on getting the religious word out. That he doesn't, that he just sort of glosses over all of this really obvious stuff that's going on. But the weirdest part is, and by weirdest, I mean, the aliens already know about the gospel because they've already had a priest there once. So they're all about the word and they want the book of strange new things, which is the Bible. And they know about Jesus and they know about all of this stuff already because their previous priest has told them about it. Well, the the previous priest is nowhere to be found. No one knows where he went. No one knows what happened to the guy. Now, I couldn't have predicted anything that happened in this book, which is one of the reasons why I liked it. But it was so bizarre. I think that I I mainly lost patience with all of the religious talk that was in it because this priest is the main character and it's constant. Mm-hmm. He talks about how he he's rewriting parts of the Bible so that they can understand it since they don't know what goats are and they don't know what pigs are or they don't know what any of the they have no frame of reference for anything in this book. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to rewrite everything. He's trying to get in there and learn the language and do all of these things while his wife is back home and she's just told him that she's pregnant over communication and he's just like totally unconcerned about everything that's happening to her back home when literally the world is falling apart at back home. Catastrophe after catastrophe happening back home. And this guy is just on task. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, teaching the gospel. <laughs> um, it was a really, really interesting story because it causes you to think about things in a, in such a way that you would never think to think about them. I think that's, that had it been a little less preachy, I might have been more interested in it. But having said that, for for a normal person who has normal faith, <laughs> it might be okay. <laughs> I am on the far end of that. Okay. I think it brings up a lot of interesting points. I think it was excellent in showing you how to look at things in in a different way. And yes, I did enjoy it. And I've thought about it so much after I read it. It's one of those books that while I was reading it and even right after I finished it, I'm like, yeah, okay. But the more I thought about it, the longer it stuck with me, the more I was like, wow. That was really an innovative way to approach that subject. Mm-hmm. So having said all of that, I probably would have given it three and three quarters stars for my own self based on the part in the middle with all of the scripture and all that stuff that I wasn't really that in love with. But as time went on and I thought about it more, I bumped it up to four stars. Mm-hmm. So if you're a sci-fi lover and you're not too far in the heathen category, this might be a really good book for you to read. It's called The Book of Strange New Things by Michael Faber. And thank you to Luciana. I hope I'm saying your name right. For for suggesting this book to me because I'm going to suggest it to a lot of people. Yeah. Because I think this is a book that people need to read to really understand how isolated we are in some of the ways that we think. You guys are awful quiet over there. We are quiet. We're very subdued tonight. All right. Nobody gives a shit about sci-fi. I get it. I get it. I like sci-fi, but that's 
just a little different for me. Yeah, that's a little that's too really different. different. It was very, very, very different. But mm-hmm. I mean, any book that makes you look at things or view things in a different way is always good. And especially one that you think about a week after you read it. I'm still thinking it, about it. Even it's just if one you of didn't, those books. Yeah, because I've read books like that where yeah. it was kind of like, uh, I don't know if that book was really that great. Preachy, then, preachy, preachy. Oh, interesting. Then a couple of <laughs> weeks later, I'm like, you know, that's a, a very different way of thinking of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I wouldn't have thought of it otherwise. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that book was better than what I originally thought. I think it's interesting that both of us decided to read a book that was a little outside our norm. Mm-hmm. Me, Westerns, and you, Religion. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Just goes to show you, book girls be stretching our comfort zones. Yep. I think um, Alyssa had some Twitter news for us. I do. I have a uh, plagiarism corner update. We need a, we need a little tweet <laughs> sound effect. Tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> so uh, last week I was able to report on Chris Soroya and her, how she's plagiarized many, many authors and books in the romance community. Got some numbers updates. Okay. The, the count is currently up to 67 books, 35 authors, three articles, three websites, and two recipes. And this is one book? No. So this is her whole, so oh, it's a couple now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, the most high-profile addition to this list is that she plagiarized Fifty Shades of Grey by E.L. James. Which, Holy number one, shit. Why would anyone got, plagiarize that I've book? I've got separate issues with Fifty Shades of Grey. But outside <laughs> that, this brings me back to my point. This is the stupidest plagiarism case I've ever heard. Why would you plagiarize... One of the best-selling series of the past 20 years. I'm also very... Like, why? Dis- <laughs> very disappointed in the readers. Like, who didn't notice that? Well, that's the thing now. is... Well, because she's chopping them up fine enough. Yeah. But, like... Because I could have... Put all the romance books like, you look, know read, in a blender. Yeah. And dump it out and spread it out. Like, they're short enough sections mm-hmm. where, like... Unless you had read that book, like... Because there's so many books on this list that I've read... But unless I'd read it a couple times, like, I wouldn't be able to t- tell you that, like, this, the one this line in these yeah. descriptions yeah, were plagiarized. That's true. Like, it's hard to tell. Um, but so I did want to read um, a quote. Nora Roberts, uh, my Lord and Savior, is still, <laughs> is still on this. And so I wanted to quote her speaking, latest update. Speaking of religion. Yeah. Go ahead. So uh, she said, let me just mix up a big steaming bowl of fuck you, Soroya. Wow! No ambiguity there. Nora Roberts is amazing. Yes. (laughs) We'll take it. Wrap it up and put a bow on it. Yes, but that's it. That's the update. Uh, She she got briefly back on Twitter uh, earlier this week and then uh, took herself right the fuck back off. (laughs) I think the idea was like she came back on and like maybe people it would have died down like maybe she doesn't understand how Twitter works. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> or she just wanted to see what was happening. Or maybe she was stalking some someone for like like do you, like Twitter stalking somebody, and she was like, "Oh shit, my Twitter's they deactivated." A burner <laughs> <account>. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe she's, she's working on her next book. Not that bright, honey. Yeah. So, yeah. but she's off again. She took herself back. So that. That's it. I'm sure uh, by the next time I talk to you, maybe it'll be up to 100 bucks, probably. Yikes. Yeah. That's crazy. So shout out to, well, okay, because I re- reviewed Girl, Wash Your Face a while back. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Girl, Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis came out this week. Oh. I meant to read it this weekend. Haven't gotten around to it yet, but go pick it up if you have I think Kayla's put that on her Instagram, too. I think she Didn't did. She, She's, yeah, I was she said say, she was reading that. the audio book. Hmm? Okay. okay. And she won... Somehow she won the. Like, an wins everything. She wins everything. I know. I pre-ordered mine, guys. Like I was so excited. <laughs> Plus, I love Amazon, where you can pre-order, and if between you pre-ordering it and when it comes out, if it drops in price, they make you pay the lowest price. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Goes down. So I uh, pre-ordered like two months ago. By the way, Aaron Morgenstern's new book because Ooh. you have nine months for it to drop in price. That's true. <laughs> 
Greatest wow. thing ever. I'm going to go home and do that. Which one is Aaron Morgenstern? Night doing? Train. Or, but like she, the, her new one that's coming out. The, the, ni- the Night, Night Train? Circus. Night Circus. No, yeah. I know. Night Circus. I want to know what the name of the new book is. We talked about this like a few weeks when we oh. when the, we announced oh, it. Oh, never mind. Yeah, but I don't remember it either. <laughs> the Starless Sea. The Starless Sea. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I, I have no memory. I'm old, remember? Nicole, I'm in my 50s, remember? I don't think that's old. I'm sorry. <laughs> Once you hit 50, you're pretty much an amorphous old. It until is not you hit, old. No, seriously. Until you hit 80, there's there's no wiggle room there. You're just that age. Once you hit 50, you're... See, the age I always forever. think of for that, you know, yeah. between being just <laughs> for that. a crusty old man <laughs> to being, you know, oh my God, you're 80, is like... 65, 60, old enough to be retired from your job. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah. that you're home enough to yeah. have all those things irritate the crap out of you. Yeah. And, you know, just sitting on your front porch, bitching about the people driving too fast in the neighborhood and watching the grass. Grow. You can't get off of my lawn. I'm going to be there before 65. So <laughs> you're going to want to recalibrate in a couple of years. <laughs> Speaking of people getting annoying, Vonnie's twitchy over there because she wants to go home and I do. I like play being, with her dog. I, well, I'm just, Oh my God, is she okay? She's in her crate all by herself. I have to go see her. You just don't understand me. <laughs> I feel like you're judging me right now. I have to give you shit. It's my job. People are going to think I'm heartless if I continue this conversation. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to nip that shit in the bud right there. And that's going to do it for Three Book Girls.